0: Coming up
1: on The Potter's Touch. I came to tell you this morning that God is passing by you. He's passing by your situation. He's passing by your circumstance. He's passing by your life. I want you to open up your mouth and praise Him like you lost. I want to give you... Touch points that God speaks of in this text that are important for us to consider in understanding this whole dilemma this baby is in, the nation of Israel is in, the church is in, the world is in of being untouched. I want, there are six different things we want to talk about. The, the navel wasn't cut is number one. That's the first thing that God says about the baby. The baby is still attached to the mother in a way that is no longer natural. (laughs) It is no longer natural for the baby to be dependent on what the mother eats in order to survive, but the the navel was not cut. There's been no separation, so there's been no development. You are over-dependent on the thing that birthed you. And I look at the church today that we have to preach you happy every Sunday. And I wonder when is the cord going to be cut where you don't depend on me to do your Bible study? (laughs) Pray for me, Pastor, when are you going to be able to pray for yourself? When is my message going to become a confirming word and not a revelatory word? Because you have your own devotion to God. The problem is no one has cut your... Number two, the second indictment is no one washed you. you still look like what you've been through. That afterbirth is something else, child. I'm I'm telling you, that afterbirth is not pretty. It's necessary. And in the right place at the right time, it's wonderful. But if it stays too long, it can be infectious and disastrous and stink. When you allow what you came from to still cling to you, the question arises, no one washed you? Do you understand that that is part of the symbolism of water baptism? To wash away where you came from? We baptize you in water saying that the old man is gone and you rise walking in the newness of life. So that means that your old temper is gone, that your anger management issue is gone, that your domestic violence is gone, that your abusive nasty mouth is gone. We washed our, if that's still hanging on to you, you might be a church member but no one washed you. The the radical thing about this text is that on one hand, it is so successful. This mother has done what other women prayed to do. She has successfully had a baby that she doesn't care for. Anything you have, you have to care for. Stop praying for stuff that you're not going to care for. If you get married, you can't be selfish. This is why the marriages are not working in a narcissistic society because everybody's in it for themselves. Me, 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 me. No, it's not about you. It's about us. Everybody wants to have a baby, do you want to care for Everybody wants to have a business, do you want to care for them? Everybody wants to have a church, do you want to care for them? If you don't really want to care for it, why did you have it? Maybe your request is ego-driven and not purpose-driven. Maybe you want to have the baby to prove to the other women that you're just as much woman as they are. Maybe you want to have the job so when you go to the family reunion you can tell them who you are. Maybe you only got the degree so you could feel important. But the problem is now you're degreed and you still don't feel important. Now you got the job and you still feel like nothing because no one washed you. Getting stuff on the outside doesn't compare to getting stuff on the inside. Has anybody heard the words that are coming out of my mouth? Jesus says the most radical thing. He says you are clean through the word that I've spoken unto you. He says the reason I preach to you is to wash you. That little by little, every time you hear a sermon, it ought to take something off. It ought to peel something off. It ought to clean something up. It ought to make you see yourself. It ought to make you govern your tongue. It ought to make you feel convicted in some way. Jesus said, my way of bathing you is to preach truth to you. You cannot hide that you didn't bathe. You know how you have a five-year-old and you say, did you brush your teeth? Yes, sir. And the breath is hitting you all in the head. It's hitting you like atomic neutron bombs blowing up in your nostrils. And you say, get back in there and brush. <laughs> People can tell. <laughs> People can tell. When, when you've not been washed. But what's weird about this text, this baby is delivered, but damaged. I wonder how many people in this room are watching online, streaming, watching me right now. I wonder how many of you who are looking at me on your TV. I'm wondering how many of you that are watching on your iPad or on your cell phone. I'm wondering how many of you have really been washed? Can I go deeper? Number three is the big one. Number three is the big one. The third indictment he brings up against the scene before us is no one salted you. And, And that's a funny thing because today you would not salt a baby. But in the Bible days, you would salt a baby to heal the abrasions that were on the baby. Now, the baby has been delivered, but God is saying, I don't question that you've been delivered, but are you healed? I don't question that you've been born again, but are you healed? Oh, in the church I grew up in, they were adamant and biblically and rightfully so that you do not marry unbelievers. They were adamant about it. It was totally taboo. It was just, it was just unthinkable that you would marry an unbeliever. The whole church would just sit you down. They would sit you down. You couldn't sing. You couldn't usher. The deacons couldn't deek if you married somebody. I don't know. You know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> if you married an unbeliever? But what they didn't tell us is that some unbelievers are in church. That just because you go to church and just because you speak in tongues and just because you can quote scriptures doesn't mean that you are healed. I don't want to pastor a gang I want to pastor a church and in order to pastor a church you gotta be healed, you gotta be salted. Now the salt alone doesn't do the healing, it promotes the healing process, you understand? So you can't salt the baby and all the abrasions immediately disappear but it sets in motion a healing process. Be honest with me, how many of you feel like that a healing process has been set in motion in your life? That's salt, that's salt. Is it possible that those of us that are in processes of healing do not extend the same grace to other people to be in processes of healing? I want you to make it your objective this week to be salt in somebody's life. To, to be salt in somebody's life is to help them to heal. Wow. I want you to be salt in some co-worker's life, some relative's life, some student's life, some neighbor's life. I want you to be salt. I want you to be salt in your marriage. You know what she came through. You know why she flares up like that instead of flaring up with her, be soft. Oh, it's a tough Sunday this morning. Good God, it's a tough one this morning. I wish God would've let somebody else do that. I think you have lost a lot of good people, not because they were bad people, but because you were not soft. Thank you, Jesus. He is absolutely marvelous. I feel the presence of the Lord. There's just a glory that comes from being in his presence and worshiping him and lifting him up. And while we're in his presence, we shall not appear before him empty-handed. We come before him not only to receive, give me Jesus, give me Jesus. Everybody got that, give me Jesus but you can't just receive and not give. You can't just reap and not sow. You cannot just be a taker in the kingdom of God. You need to sow into the kingdom of God. So we're gonna give you an opportunity to worship the Lord in your giving and to offer up your sacrifice before him. This is so personal. This is is an expression of your love and adoration for God and your financial covenant that you have with God. This is so personal that can't nobody do it for you but you. Everything else we can do for you. We can preach for you. We can sing for you. We can clap for you. We can do it. But when it comes to giving, this is your personal sacrifice between you and God. What do you think about Jesus? What is he worth to you? What has he done for you? This is your opportunity to either be like the nine who walked away and said nothing or the one who came back to say thank you. And the Bible says that they cast him out into an open field, number six. They threw, honey, they threw the baby into an open Feel. You left me uncovered and threw me out there to the wolves, and now you're talking about me because they bit me? They bit me, but you threw me. Anytime you leave me uncovered, you throw me out into the open field. I want to talk to some open field people who got thrown out into stuff. Found yourself with wolves, snakes, lions, and tigers. When you say you threw me away, no, you didn't throw me away. You threw me too. Your away sent me too. An open field. Good God mine! No wonder we're stressed out. No man swallowed you, no man salted you, no man covered you, no man cut you and when they finally did make contact with you, it was to throw you to an open field. Have you ever been thrown? (laughs) Have you ever been divorced? Have you ever been rejected? Have you ever been thrown? Have you ever been thrown into a strange, foreign, dangerous, vulnerable situation. It's one of the reasons we're in church this morning. One of the reasons we're in church this morning is to get some cover and get some guidance and get some direction and get some help and get some healing. Because it's hard on a baby in an open field. It's hard when you don't abuse me, but you neglect me. And that neglect is abuse. And then the Bible goes real therapeutic and shows you what all of this does. And I'm gonna show you what it does and I'll be done. It says, when they got through not salting, not cutting, not washing, Not covering, not pitying you, it led to self-loathing, to the loathing of thy person. Thank God, everybody. Woo! God, that's so heavy. To the loathing of thy person. How in the world can I convince you? to love me when inside I loathe me. And I wish I were not me. That's what that means, to the loathing of that person, I wish I wasn't me. If I open up this altar right now to people who loathe themselves and loathe their mistakes and loathe their memories and loathe what happened to them and loathe their abortions and loathe what they did and loathe who hurt them and loathe who they hurt. That's what this text means. It's my job to explain the text. (laughs) The loathing of that person is a really deep thing when you don't like you and you can't forgive you and you won't have mercy on you and you're angry with yourself and that anger turns inside into depression and you're depressed and nothing seems to lift you out of it. You know why you loathe yourself? and you won't let anybody close because how could you love me? And you're only attracted to people who are mean because they are a reflection of how you think about yourself because if anybody comes along and they're too nice, you run them away. You run them away because you disagree with them because you don't think you're worthy of love and you won't receive the best of life because you don't really think you deserve the best of life. So you play the role and get the reward that you have prescripted in your mind that you deserve to the loathing of that person. How could a relationship work? Ain't no way for it to work. How could you have somebody that loves you when you don't love you? That's what the text means. To the loathing. You were out in the open field to the loathing of thy person oh yes you love Jesus oh how I love Jesus oh, I oh you do good in loving Jesus that ain't the problem I'm not talking about loving Jesus it's easy to love Jesus yes you love Jesus but how about oh how I love you to the loathing, I I found my enemy and it's me. I found my enemy, it took me a while, It took me years to find him, I found him. I looked in the mirror one day and I saw him face to face, I looked him head on. So you the one who've been making all the dumb decisions and messing up things and going in all in crazy directions. So you the one who keep playing the fool and sabotaging yourself. So you the terrorist who strapped bombs around yourself and blew up that opportunity. You blew that up yourself because you don't think you deserve no better, do you? So you keep sinking back into what you think you deserve to the loathing of that person. But I will not, I will not, I will not die here. I was ministering, I was counseling a a brother going through a crisis and I was telling him, I understand how you feel. I understand what you're going through because I remember taking a bottle of pills and being mad because I woke up. I'm not there now, but I have been there. And I wanted him to know I have been there and you cannot help people if you're not willing to put yourself on the line. I will not die here. And then it says, when I passed by you, When, when, when I pass, that's why I love it when the glory of the Lord comes into a building like this because whenever the glory of the Lord comes into a church, He is passing by. He is doing inspections. He is doing checkups. He is dealing with issues. He's doing x-rays and ultrasounds and sonograms and checking you out. He didn't just come so you could get your praise on. He came to do a real inspection. How are you really doing? Are you really good? Are you really happy? Where is your joy? What happened to the twinkle that used to be in your eye? It is not there. Adam, where art thou? It is gone. You are missing in action. I want you when I pass by you when I pass by you when I when I pass by you when I pass by you when I pass by you everybody else looked away but when I pass by you everybody else turned the corner but when I pass by you everybody turned up the nose but when I pass by you 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 when I pass when I pass by you I came to tell you this morning that God is passing by you he's passing by your situation he's passing by your circumstance he's passing by your life I want you to open up your mouth and praise him like you lost He's passing by you. He's passing by you, man. He's passing by you. He still makes house calls. He's coming right up your street. He's coming for you. 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 Ain't nobody else. He's coming for you. He's coming for you. He's coming into your darkest quarter, Your deepest agony. Your darkest night. Your moment of pain. Your deepest secret. Your Oh my God. When i pass by you, I saw you, I saw you, I saw you, God wants you to know he sees you, he sees you, he sees you, he sees you. you. He sees you, he knows what you're afraid of. He knows what life did to you. He knows what age has made you afraid of. He knows where you are in your heart and in your mind. God said, I see you. Look at three people and say, "Something is about to happen. Something's about to happen. I'm not gonna leave here like I came. Something is about to happen. Something is about to happen. happen. Something is about to happen. Y'all must not hear me. Something is about to happen. Resuscitation is coming into your life. Resuscitation is coming into your spirit. Resuscitation is coming into your marriage. Resuscitation is coming into your home. Resuscitation, open your mouth, get ready to witness the God. hear you? God is about to resuscitate somebody in this place this morning. Somebody in this place is about to get us touch from the Lord. We in, breathe out, get ready. They thought you was going to die. They thought you wasn't going to make it. They thought they threw you away. They thought you wouldn't be back. They thought you'd never get up. But the devil is a liar! The devil is a liar! God said live!
0: You are seen. You are known. You are loved. God fulfills this promise to all of us each and every day. Today, for your gift of any amount, you'll receive audio of Bishop Jake's amazing message, God Sees Me, as well as an exclusive set of God Sees Me holiday postcards. For your gift of $90 or more, you'll also receive our Hope at Christmas collection, including audio of Bishop's inspiring message, Hope for Tomorrow, as well as his book, Follow the Star, a compilation of Christmas stories that changed Bishop's life forever. For your gift of $150 or more, you'll receive our I Am Seen throne blanket, deluxe journal, and glass ornament, in addition to the Hope at Christmas collection and God Sees Me message and postcard set. Don't miss out on this powerful reminder that with God, you are never alone. Call or go online now to receive your bundle today. You are never forgotten.
1: mind is your power and your power is your mind the enemy doesn't have to poison you if he can get you to think the right stuff you will think yourself to death worry is the tactic that he uses not only to rob you of the moment but to stop you from the creativity to escape the discipline the only reason you're going down is because of what you say about you the enemy wants to kill me with my own weapon God is not saying you won't have challenges. He's saying that you are so focused on what's wrong that you're missing what's right. Some of us are living our lives out of focus. And when you get God's Word, it brings you into focus. God said, if you focus on what I told you to do, I'll focus on what you asked me to do. Because when you say, do not worry, you can get a clear word from God.